0: Chapter Three of Mag and Margaret A Story for Girls by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three A Girl Out of a Book. Such a poor little, bewildered, discouraged girl as it was who toiled slowly up three flights of stairs to her cold room. Supperless, too, when, in spite of her elegant cold dinner and her piece of pie, she felt very hungry. She had looked forward to that supper. IT BEING CHRISTMAS NIGHT, PERHAPS SHE WOULD BE GIVEN A PIECE OF CAKE WITH RAISINS IN. THEY HAD SUCH CAKE SOMETIMES FOR LUNCHEON, AND THERE WAS ALMOST NEVER ANY OF IT LEFT FOR HER. BUT NOW ALL THE BORDERS WERE GONE AND SHE MIGHT GET A PIECE. THIS THOUGHT HAD BEEN MUCH IN HER MIND FOR AN HOUR. NOW HER HOPES WERE BLASTED. BUT THE STRANGEST AND SADDEST PART OF IT WAS THAT SHE COULD NOT UNDERSTAND THE REASON FOR SUCH TREATMENT. Certainly she had been faithful to her trust all day. What if she had left the house to care for itself, and gone sleigh-riding with Janie? She might as well have done it. Nothing worse than this could have happened to her if she had. Nevertheless, down in the bottom of Mag's heart was a warm little feeling of joy that she had done no such thing. Whatever Mrs. Perkins thought about her, her conscience told her that she had done well that day. AND ONE CANNOT BE ENTIRELY MISERABLE WHOSE CONSCIENCE HAS NO PRICK. COLD AS IT WAS, MAG, AS SOON AS SHE HAD SLIPPED OFF HER CLOTHES, WRAPPED THE LITTLE OLD shawl ABOUT HER WHICH SERVED AS PART OF HER BED CLOTHING, AND SAT DOWN BY HER SPECK OF A LAMP TO READ LITTLE PILLOWS. THE VERY FIRST SENTENCE HELD HER. SHE FELT THAT SHE NEEDED IT. COME UNTO ME. WHAT KIND SWEET WORDS FOR YOUR PILLOW TONIGHT. JESUS SAYS THEM TO YOU. Could that possibly be true? Why should Jesus think of her? How did he know about her? But then there came a memory of a Bible verse she had once learned, Thou God seest me. The teacher for that day had assured her that God could see her all the time, in the night and the darkness as well as in the daytime. There was another verse repeated during that same lesson, The eyes of the Lord are in every place they frightened her a little those bible verses she had tried to forget them and never quite could failing in that she had tried in her humble blundering way to act as well as she could in the hope that god would not notice her much if she did nothing very wrong if mrs perkins had but known it this was really what had kept her little maid so faithful that up to the present day the mistress had believed that she could trust her but jesus was the son of god and the one in whose name all prayer was offered mag knew that much and if he had actually called her she ought to come to him people should run the minute they are called mrs perkins had taught her that how could she do it and how could she be sure that the words were meant for her as if in answer to this question came the very next sentence how am i to know "'Well, they are for every one that is weary and heavy-laden. "'Do you not know what it is to be weary sometimes? "'Perhaps you know what it is to feel almost tired of trying to be good.' "'Behold, here was Mag's very thought. "'Had she not told herself while coming up the stairs "'that she almost wished she had gone with Janie? "'How wonderful! "'It must be true that God saw her all the time and heard her thoughts.' She read on breathlessly, forgetting that she was cold, read through the entire portion for the evening, read some of the words over two or three times, especially these. Suppose your mother and you were in a dark room together, and she said, Come to me. You would not stop to say, I would come if I could see you. You would say, I am coming, mother, and you would feel your way across the room to her side jesus calls you now this very night he is here in this very room will you not say i am coming lord jesus and ask him to stretch out his hand and help you to come when mag had read these words for the third time the tears were rolling down her cheeks she felt such a sense of loneliness and longing as i suppose few girls of her age would feel unless their lives were as lonely as hers had been she did not fully understand the thought but certainly it seemed to mean that jesus wanted her loved her waited for her down dropped the book from her cold little fingers her hands were clasped and she said aloud i am coming lord jesus stretch out your hand and help me to come after a few minutes she dropped on her knees and said the same words again did jesus hear her did he stretch out his hand DO YOU SUPPOSE ONE EVER CALLED TO HIM IN EARNEST AND WAITED FOR HIS ANSWER THAT HE DID NOT HEAR? WHILE THEY WERE YET SPEAKING, I WILL HEAR. GOD SAID THAT LONG AGO OF THOSE WHO CALLED, AND GOD DOES NOT CHANGE. HE IS ALWAYS THE SAME. NEVER MIND WHETHER OR NOT MAG UNDERSTOOD IT. SHE UNDERSTOOD THAT SHE WAS STRANGELY COMFORTED. SHE DID NOT SEEM TO BE LONELY NOW OR EVEN COLD. She crept into bed and drew the clothes about her and hugged her little book to her heart and kissed it once, twice, three times. After a minute she said aloud, "'Good-night, Ethel.' Her imaginary friend seemed to be with her still. Another minute of silence, then she said softly, reverently, "'Good-night, Jesus. I am glad you called me. I will try to do just as you say.' Then she dropped into the sweetest, quietest sleep and knew nothing more until the chambermaid's voice called to know if she was going to sleep all day. That Christmas evening, after Meg had been sent to bed, Mrs. Perkins sat with her two daughters and drank her tea and ate her delicate sandwiches and cake with raisins in, and talked over the events of the day, especially Meg and her company. "'I don't know who it could be,' Mrs. Perkins said. "'She doesn't know anybody.' oh she knows people enough probably said miss annie street acquaintances they always make them it was very likely some horrid little irish youngster who may have brought smallpox or vermin into the house i thought this morning when kate wanted you to let her sit in the parlor that it was quite a risk to run and she sat in the yellow chair too said mrs perkins still thinking of the company The child had the boldness to tell Nora so, after I had cautioned her about that very chair. I must say I am disappointed in her. She has always seemed to take pains to do exactly as she was told. "'I don't believe she had any one very dreadful here,' said Kate Perkins. "'I think you might have let her have some supper on Christmas night. I'm sure I should have had some company if I had had to stay in the house all day. It was too bad to send her to bed.' "'It was light enough punishment for a disobedient little girl,' said Mrs. Perkins firmly. "'And, Kate, I don't wish you to encourage her by any such talk. "'To stay in a pleasant house all day and have a good dinner isn't so hard a lot, I am sure. "'I won't have little Irish girls, nor any other kind, hanging around here visiting her. "'You may be sure of that. "'And I'll find out to-morrow morning who was here and all about it.' Then came Nora to say that the steak had not been sent for breakfast, and Mrs. Perkins, grumbling a little over the way in which people kept their promises, said she supposed she must go to the corner market and select something to take its place. The market was next to Mr. Jones's fruit stand. That busy man was just closing his stalls for the night as Mrs. Perkins passed. "'You and I have to work on Christmas Day as well as any other,' she said to him cheerily, for Mr. Jones was a man who always gave her good fruit and full measure, and she respected him. "'Yes,' he said, with his good-natured laugh. "'Christmas Day is first-rate for my trade. People need an extra quantity of fruit to celebrate with. But I got off for an hour or two this afternoon, long enough to take my children for a sleigh-ride. That's a nice little girl you've got at your house, ma'am, an uncommon kind of girl, I should think.' "'Do you mean Mag?' asked mrs perkins her face darkening what do you know about her not much to be sure said mr jones but my janey has taken kind of a notion to her and nothing would do this afternoon but she must ask her to go on the sleigh ride i like to have my youngsters think of other people when they can as well as not so as we had an extra seat and weren't to be gone but an hour or so i gave her leave to go and get her and the little thing wouldn't leave the house. My Janie isn't used to seeing empty houses taken care of, and she wanted her to lock it up and come along. But the child wouldn't stir a step. She said you trusted her, and she wasn't going to do it. I call that quite a temptation for a little mite like her. There are some that wouldn't have resisted it. "'Did your little girl go in?' asked Mrs. Perkins, thinking of the company who sat in the yellow chair." oh no she wasn't gone ten minutes you see the sleigh was waiting for her and she clipped it as hard as she could but she was real disappointed she says mag has never had a sleigh ride then mrs perkins went home more bewildered than ever who could the company have been and if mag could not help her coming in why should she have taken her to the parlor and put her into the yellow chair she waited the next morning until breakfast was over and the dinner well under way before she summoned mag to her room now young woman she said severely i want an account of yesterday's doings Nora says you told her you had company all day and she sat whoever she was in the yellow chair i thought you knew that i did not allow company especially when i was away and the last thing I did after giving you leave to be in the parlour was to warn you about that yellow chair. Just explain if you can what such actions mean.' Her voice grew sterner with every word, because no one certainly could have looked more like a culprit than Mag, whose face was very red, and who dropped her eyes and twisted the strings of her work apron with nervous fingers. "'If you please,' she said tremblingly, as the cold voice ceased, i didn't mean any harm and i thought she could not hurt the yellow chair because she was only a girl out of a book a girl out of a book repeated mrs perkins staring at her as though she thought her insane yes'm a play girl i made believe she was there and talked to her and pretended she answered me there wasn't anybody there at all all day but i talked for her and me too so as not to be so lonesome and Nora heard me, but I didn't mean any harm, and I let her sit in the yellow chair, because it was the prettiest one in the room, and she looked so pretty in it, because her dress was white and yellow, I mean I pretended it was, and I wanted to give her the best place, for I knew she couldn't hurt it. Well, said Mrs. Perkins, I am beat, if I ever heard such nonsense in my life. Where did you get such notions as that?' the child isn't more than half-witted i believe she said afterwards explaining to her daughters it seems that young ainsworth gave her a book for christmas a queer present to choose for an ignorant little thing like her and there was a story in it about a girl named ethel so what did she do but pretend that ethel came to spend the day with her and she seated her in the yellow chair and took her down to dinner and i don't know what not "'Part of the time she talked exactly as though the creature was flesh and blood, "'but it is quite plain that it is only her imagination.' "'I think it was real cute in her,' said Kate Perkins. "'She repeated the story until the boarders got hold of it, "'and some of them laughed a good deal and took to asking how her friend Ethel was, "'until the poor little girl felt almost ashamed to meet them. "'No one of them was more amused than Mr. Fred Ainsworth.' He laughed himself hoarse when Kate Perkins described the parlour scene, and the occupant of the yellow chair, who was dressed in white and yellow on Christmas Day. "'I hope it was a woollen dress,' he said, bursting into a fresh laugh over the thought, "'else she would have frozen. What a queer little mouse it is! I wonder if she keeps up the notion. It must be great fun to have an intimate friend that one can summon whenever wanted, and banish the minute one tires of her.' But to himself he said with a compassionate smile, Poor little lonesome chick, that tells a long story of desolation. Perhaps she misses her mother. I appreciate her feelings. I wonder if there is anything a homesick chap like me could do to make her less lonesome. End of chapter three.